Hello and welcome to Living a Culture of Life podcast by Human Life International. I'm your host, Colleen Haupt, and I'm joined today by our regional director from Asia, Dr. Lagaya Acosta. Welcome so much. It's so great to have you here. Thank you so much, Colleen. It's such a great privilege for me to be here. And I bring you warm greetings from Human Life International in Asia and Oceania. Thank you. And then how did you first get involved with HLI? What like first brought you into this movement to begin with? Yeah, it's actually very unusual. I would like to confess that Human Life International was like a mortal enemy for me in the past because I was on the other side. So for more than 28 years of my life, I was on the other side. I was like heavily promoting contraception and uh, so many other things. And I'm embarrassed to see it now. And then I, by God's amazing grace, I realized later that it, this Human Life International who is really telling the truth. And it was because in early 2004, the Department of Health in my country, the Philippines, where I was working, practically forced me into accepting the designation of program manager for natural family planning because I was then an active member of a Catholic organization and they thought that natural family planning is only for Catholics. And in fact, I even asked for some time for me to decide, but they waited for me. And little did I know that it was going to change my life forever. Because it was uh, during that training that I realized, among others, that God, in all his wisdom and goodness, really placed a body clock inside the body of a woman where you will know exactly when she's fertile or not fertile. So all the couple has to do, if there is a grave reason that not to have a child yet, is to time their marital embrace during the infertile days of the cycle. And I learned so many things. And I also learned that contraceptives, contrary to what we have been telling the people, is not really safe. But it kills and it causes a lot of horrible, horrible side effects, which even the manufacturers of contraceptives admit in their drug literatures. And so... Um, when I went back, I conducted also several batches of NFP trainings for the health workers. And then when I shared what I have learned, well, they also had a lot of testimonies, which they also didn't realize. And so it led me to doing a lot of research. So I must have read thousands of pages of books and materials. And it led me to discover the global anti-life agenda. And one of the things that I read was the National Security Study Memorandum 200, which really shocked me so hard because then I saw the agenda. And then I was also shocked to discover that it named one of the 13 countries that was named there targeted for the population was my country, the Philippines. So I was so horrified. I cried so hard. And you know, in the Bible it says, if it is your hand that is causing you to sin, cut it off, and so on. And I realized it was my job and my lucrative consultancies which was causing me to sin. So on February 14 of 2005, I decided to give up my job and I thought, my life. And I thought then that my life would just be very simple. 
In fact, in my heart, I said, oh my gosh, I'm going to miss the five-star hotels. I mean, the people, because I thought I was just going to stay and help in my diocese, promote the programs. But you know, you can never outdo the Lord in His generosity. So I only give myself, and the Lord sent me to all the world to proclaim the gospel of life. And Human Life International took me. And it it was so amazing how Human Life International took me to the fold. And the rest is history. So I'm here now, and every day is just so amazing. I become more and more passionate each day to do the mission. Oh, we're so glad to have you. What year did you start with HLI? It was actually in 2005, okay. late 2005. So almost immediately. Yes, yes, yes. So you had you said your conversion was in 2004. Interesting. So you... Yeah, because during the time, Human Life International was already inviting me to speak, uh, share my story, what I have learned. And um, it was just a good partnership. In fact, they already invited me to a mission trip to Sri Lanka during the time with the then president of Human Life International. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, that's a really cool, really cool story. Um, what's your favorite part about doing pro-life mission work? Oh, gosh. Uh, Very broad question. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Because everything can be your favorite. True. But probably the most favorite is, aside from the fact that uh, the, you have the privilege of being the being the medium to bring the gospel of life to wherever the Lord leads you, um, what makes me more and more passionate each day is that... Um, I see a lot of conversions everywhere, everywhere we go. And we preach not only to Catholics, but to non-Catholics as well. And then there are some of them who even who even um, are converted to becoming Catholics. Yes, like the last one, the Asia Pacific Congress that on faith, life and family, which we had in, in Kerala, India. You see, my friends asked me, can we bring um, people of other faiths? Of course, uh, we welcome them. We welcome them. We'll be happy to welcome them. But please tell them we do this in a very Catholic way. We start with a rosary and then with mass and we end with uh, one hour adoration and prayer of reparation. If they will be open to that, we will welcome them so warmly. And then she she was so touched and she said, I thought Catholicism is dead because that's what I hear in our church. And I just realized it's so alive. And then um, she started uh, going to church and she was baptized recently to the Catholic faith. And there's a lot more stories. Um, really, there's so much to share. I'm sure you've seen so much and all. So you're in Asia and Oceania. So right. what kind of places have you traveled to um, on your mission work? Because you've probably traveled to a lot of those countries. Yes, so, yes, yes, yeah. yes. And each country has actually like a different culture. Yes. <laughs> and that even makes it more exciting, like Papua New Guinea, like um, India, and so many other places there in Malaysia. But I realized that the pro-life, but 
pro-life issues is actually um, everybody is actually affected by it. Yes. Life, marriage and family affects everybody. So even if you don't even believe in God at all, it affects everyone. Life affects everyone because we're all born into that. And when you talk about it, Everybody just listens. And it's such a privilege to be able to open their eyes into the preciousness and inviolability of human life and to let them realize about it. And then, and then they vow, they change their lives and they accept their children. I've met women who wanted to abort their children because they thought they can't afford to do it and then they change later on because of what we have done to them because of the message that we have shared with them and i cannot cannot count them by the fingers there's just so many of them now oh that's so beautiful actually i have a question going back to your conversion story when um you were still promoting contraceptives before your conversion were you catholic at the time yes yes so yes. was that just yeah like a lack of was there not catechesis about that originally? i think it was a lack of catechesis okay uh, just like the college student whom i counseled who had an abortion he said oh but i didn't know that abortion was a sin i haven't heard this from our priest that's why um the, the programs that I'm doing with Asia and Oshane, the most important, I think, is actually conducting pro-life training programs, um, not only for lay people, but also for clergy and religious and even for bishops. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when we go to school or there's, there's really not enough time for you to learn everything. And, um, I am so blessed to be a part of this Human Life International global family, especially that we combine theological aspect and the scientific facts, and that makes it really very beautiful, and that's why people trust us. Yeah, well, because science supports faith. Yes, so yes. what we're talking about is like, it has theological and there's like the moral ethical yes, side of it, yes. but it's backed up by the science. Right. And I remember I was being interviewed live on national television and the host um, just looked at me and said, Dr. Acosta, I'd like to warn you, please refrain from mentioning God in, in our session. Just be scientific about it. And then I looked at her straight in the eye and I told her, I'm so sorry, that was the Ligaya Acosta of long, long ago. And tell me, I said, isn't God the author of science? So anything, therefore, that man does, contrary to the law of God and to the law of nature of which God is the author, will always redound to the destruction of man. And I think it was a beautiful interview. And people just realized we can never do away with God who created us. Oh, that's so true. Yeah. What's some of the biggest challenges that you face um, in Asia right now for the pro-life work? Is it the clergy, the lack of catechesis, or is it like, yeah, oh, well, <laughs> you have a all, thought. So. Yeah. All the international death peddlers are in all the countries okay. we are in. So they have been there way, way before us. And their distinct advantage is they have mind-boggling amount of money. Mm -hmm. That's why they can pay people to do the work, even to the remotest villages. And can you explain for our listeners who the international death peddlers are? Oh, I know that's a very yes. common HL Those, term uh, here. but uh, like uh, the United Nations Fund for Population okay. Activities or the USAID, which has been promoting abortion, of course, the biggest abortionist organization in the world, the International Planned Parenthood Federation, which actually has local branches 
all over. I mean, they mm-hmm. have local affiliates all over and they are well paid. As I told you, they have all the money that they have. But you know what they lack and we have is we have God. And God is the owner of heaven and earth. So we have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We have Mama Mary, as we, we fondly call our Blessed Mother in the Philippines. We have Saint Joseph, the provider and protector of the Holy Family of Nazareth, and all the angels and saints in heaven. And it's so beautiful to know this. And in the times that I've been here, I really realize, and I share that, everywhere I go, that God is really alive, that um, our Blessed Mother is alive, that St. Joseph is alive, that all the angels and saints in heaven are alive. And when we call on them, they will be always there to help us. They never fail to help us. And then I share with them about what happened to me when I was converted. It's like the Lord took away everything from me and my family. It's like from having plenty, um, we had nothing. There were many times when I had no single centavo in my pocket. But then um, my spiritual director already told me that, you know, um, God is the owner of heaven and earth, and he will always be there for you if you give him first place in your life. And I really saw that, and I see that every day in my life. Uh, You won't believe it, but despite the fact that many, many times we had no single centavo, we never went hungry. And if we only had a lot of time, there's so many stories. And I'm always very passionate in sharing them. And then I share them wherever I go. And I realize it's the stories, actually, that converts a lot more people. Mm -hmm. Even... What I say is my most embarrassing, the part, most embarrassing part of my life before when I was on the other side. And I share with them how God called me into this, how wonderful the Lord is, how merciful the Lord is, how God loves us so much. And I'm always grateful to him that before I die, at least he gave me an opportunity to change my life and to make a difference. And I think... And to help other people too. Yes, and to help other people too, change their lives and then make amends with their lives. And Really, I, as, as I say many times, I become more and more passionate each day because there is power in the gospel of life. I realize I never have any illusions about myself who are just God's little hands and feet. And that's why I pray so hard every day of my life. And um, the greatest preparation that I do for a mission or for every activity that I do is really a lot of prayer and fasting. And of course, the Holy Eucharist, which was God's greatest gift to us and His promise that He will never abandon us. So He gave us Himself. Yeah, that's so beautiful. So when you do that mission work, I know that you mentioned doing training for clergy and training for bishops. Um, I know you do chastity programs because I've read those stories that you send us. What are some other um, works that you do, like practical things that you do on the mission field? Um, Well, you you do a lot of counseling. Like after you gave talks to young people, um, I actually give time because there are many times that they won't share their questions in public. Mm -hmm. So I tell them that if you want to speak with me in private, then I would make myself available. There was even a time that I also talked 
talk about the gender ideology. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's one of the biggest problems that we have all over the world now. And I was supposed to go home already in the afternoon. But then... Uh, this young people just wanted to have some private time with me that I decided to stay for the night and leave the next day. And when you give time to them and they ask it from us, it, I mean, it's a great privilege mm-hmm. because then we can tell them what is the real truth, how they are being deceived by the other side. Um, and they have a lot of money and they they are brought to a lot of programs mm-hmm. and HLI is very very different but with God's amazing grace we are able to change their lives so you know when these people uh, like when I first went to Papua New Guinea and uh, you know, it's part of their lives. Many of them are really promiscuous, part of their culture. And then they change. I mean, it was not very easy. After my talk, uh, when it was time to take the vow of chastity, there was somebody who said, Dr. Costa, you know, how can you say that to us when, you know, it's part of our culture here? And um, I really had to pray to the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, please take over St. Michael Archangel. And then I was able to convince them that, you know, I did not come here to condemn you or to condemn your culture. But, you know, it was out of love that I came here and to share with you all these things. And I started to tell them again, uh, the beauty of this chastity and one by one by one they came to the front and uh, you know I couldn't help my tears from falling especially when one said yes we should follow Dr. Degai we should start it from our generation that from this day forward we will remain chaste until we get married and my tears just fall and there's so many of them all over the world many stories like that and they even tell us you're, you're really God sent you see we didn't know this like one in Palau a teacher um, a teacher who said who shared with me that, you know, you're really God sent. And in our school, even the high school students, they are already injected with Depo-Provera. Can you imagine that? And they didn't even understand it. And he said, now I understand it. I couldn't debate with them. I couldn't reason with them, especially that they told us that if you do these programs, there is money for you. And then um, now, after hearing you, I know. So I will be able to reason out with them that what you're doing is really bad. And please come back and give us trainings. And that's where the mission begins. So in the beginning, um, you don't have a lot of people to listen to you. You need to do a lot of legwork. And of course, the first thing that I do in going to a country is two hours of adoration, right? I go to the chapel. I, I search where the Catholic Church is. And then it's just so amazing how one activity leads you to another and another and another. Wow. It's always amazing. And I always... I always say that I can never claim any credit. It is the Lord who really leads us to everything. It is Our Lady. They're there for us. And we just need this power in the gospel of life. We just need to ask God for the grace to be able to say, Yes, Lord, here I am. I come to do your will. Send me, Lord. Anoint me powerfully for your glory. And everything will just be so amazing. So that when people come to me to thank me or clap their hands, tell me how how 
that they are, I always say, Lord, I give back to you all the glory because I know on my own, I am nothing. That's beautiful. Yeah, I know some of the stories that you've sent recently, your impact stories, reminded me of that gospel, like you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Because you had a lot of stories of women who, like um, one of them, Nisha in particular, was the one I'm thinking of, where she just never heard that abortion and contraception were wrong. And then Mm -hmm. after attending one of your conferences, she was like, wow, this is so true. Like Mm -hmm. she heard the truth and accepted it because like just no one had ever told her. And I love like that aspect of the stories that you tell. And it was even amazing to know how she came to the conference and she she actually obtained a bank loan because she already heard that, you know, HLI is coming. You have to attend this. Uh, You should not pass this. You should not let this opportunity pass because, you know, they gave very touching conferences. So you have to come. She said, I just have to come. And then she was frantic in taking notes because she thinks that she cannot afford to buy materials. And, you know, when her story was shared, I said, oh, I'm so happy with your story. Welcome. And she cried when I gave her all the materials. Uh, I gave her all the materials because she said, I, I wish that when I go back to, to my hometown, to in the area where she was, I would be able to share this with my people. And she was so happy that she was not going home empty handed because at Human Life International, thank God to our donors who make it possible for us. Um, we are able to produce a lot of materials and we don't leave them empty handed. And then uh, we mentor them mm-hmm. until they are ready to be on their own. But we never leave them until they still need us. And we conduct refresher courses also. Like mm-hmm. we have had uh, pro-life trainings in Malaysia, for example. Mm-hmm. But in August, we are going back there with Father Bokeh and Brian to conduct a refresher course for a pro-life training. Because, you know, as time passes, uh, there is turnover. Now mm-hmm. probably other pro-life leaders are gone or they have retired because of of age and so there's young people now so they need to know what are the techniques what are the issues how they are going to deal with this and they're so happy with the training that we give them well thank you so much for that it's so the work you do is so wonderful i love like reading your stories of what like what's going on over there and just kind of following from my job over here, just kind of following what's going on in the mission field and being able to write about it and share it with all of our donors. Uh, and just thank you so much for being on this podcast today. I think it's time to wrap it up because we have to film yeah. the next one. Thank <laughs> you very Giordano, much, Colleen. So. And uh, I would please allow me to just personally thank our donors of Human Life International. I thank you from the very bottom of my heart. I personally pray for you every day of my life and wherever I go, I ask the people uh, who attend our events to also pray for you because it is because of your generosity that we are able to spread the mission. So thank you very much. Thank you, Colleen. You're so wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. And to everyone listening, please like, follow, share with your friends. Um, Keep on living the culture of life. Thank you and God bless.